Get ready for a transformation. But in this kingdom, we start growing. We are replacing those carnal thoughts with the word of God. Our minds are renewed to the word of God. At that time, glory, glory, glory. So when we are speaking, we are speaking from knowledge. Or you wake up and say, Hey, bonga fish, angari. Glory to God. I took it in the dream. I will never take it in life. In the name of Jesus. Say, I'll never be poor. Ah! Jesus Christ. Pay attention to everything I'm going to show you. Another life-changing moment with Apostle Peters. I'd love to talk to you about something that I believe I, one time or the other, have communicated, but uh, we probably didn't get it as we ought. See, how do you know? Well, because of the kind of life, because if you know these truths, there's a kind of life that you will live. Many times I've said that Christianity is not a religion. Again and again. But when I say that, some people, they think you're just trying to dress it well. You're trying to make Christianity look better than other religions. They think you're trying to just make it look special. Like this one is a special something. So, uh, we just want to prove to others that our own religion is better. So, if you're in our religion, it's better than those other ones. But that's not what I, I, I was trying to tell you or what I've been trying to tell you. I've been trying to tell you the scriptures. According to the Bible, Christianity is not a religion. And it doesn't matter what you think about it. Christianity is not a religion. In fact, if you search the whole of the Bible, you will never see one place that it refers to Christianity as a religion. The Bible talks about religion in the book of James. And it does say that religion is visiting the widows in their afflictions, the orphans, and then it says staying spotless. But that's not what Christianity is. That is inside Christianity. You see, we, we do religion in Christianity. But Christianity is not a religion. So in Christianity, we, we, we do good to other people. We visit the widows, the orphans, as in Christianity. And then we try to stay spotless. Don't stain me with sin. We try that. But that's not what Christianity is. Listen, Christianity is something that is real. Do you understand? It's, it's, it's a life that is given us through Christ Jesus our Lord. It's beyond religion. And when you understand this and you begin to follow it, and you begin to live like that, that's what we mean by supernatural. You become a supernatural being altogether. All by yourself. Others will look at you and say, ah, ah, what kind of person is this? What manner of man is this? And our example, according to the scriptures, is Jesus. Because they looked at the way he lived and they said, what manner of man is this? Now listen, they didn't say that just because of the miracles that he performed. No. Anybody can perform miracles. Haven't you heard of those who perform miracles and still die sick? At least we have one example in the scriptures, Elisha by name. 
the bible reveals that he performed twice the miracles that elijah performed and elisha died the bible says he was sick and he died in his sickness with all the anointing he was so loaded in the anointing that he died after his death he was still raising the dead can you imagine his bones now he didn't move his hand to raise any dead his bones his very bones still retained the anointing that must have been for weeks or for months or for years only god only god knows how long the bones had the anointing amazing but that did not stop him from dying sick the supernatural life is not just the life of trying to heal someone else trying to minister to someone else we are talking about your own personal christian life what you do in your closet when nobody's there how you live your life you understand the supernatural kind of life how you deal with things how things bow at your feet because of your kind of life and you trace that to jesus jesus showed us just some example of how we ought to live so much so that his disciples they 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 wondered at him every time i mean if you asked one of the if one of the disciples were to be here and you asked tell me about the life of jesus you know what they would say there are too many is that how do you know because john in his writings john told us that there are many things many other things that jesus did that if they were all to be written he says the books in the whole world and that was no exaggeration at all because he is the spirit of god he says the book in the whole world would not be able to contain them i mean no several times i've meditated and said what were these things we're talking about his own natural life living the supernatural life naturally understand his own normal way of living and, and, and here and there the bible once in a while just hints us so that we will not be carried away they were not so that we will not be distracted by the miracles and forget the facts and the reason why it came it didn't come to just show off the miracles no because if they had recorded many of those miracles we would have been distracted and say ah, ah please i don't want to know anything like these miracles how did he do it you see you'll be distracted many other things on one occasion oh peter came to him and said they said we should pay tax and jesus said are we are we, are we supposed to pay tax are, are we not citizens who is supposed to pay tax is it those that are coming strangers or we uh, anyway anyway don't let us offend them um go to the stream or wherever there's water get fish go with hook the first fish take the coin from the from the mouth go and pay for me and for you excuse me how did <laughs> that's still amazing how in the world did the, the fish swallow the coin how somebody say oh what jesus did was when he instructed the fish heard in the river the one that swallowed one coin once upon a time and that that one started swimming towards where peter would be and so when peter showed up that fish knew that i've been waiting for this one and then it was caught it was caught and then the coin was found now if you had explained that that's that, that way that's beautiful that's still people say wow that's a miracle i mean the fish came wow 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 but no sir because if you can explain that how will you be able to explain the other one 
Jesus was with Peter, listen Peter. And he wanted to use his boat. He borrowed his boat. He said, can you borrow me your boat? I, I need to talk to these people. Why? Because you see, there was no microphones in those days. So to be able to speak up, for the people to hear you, for the people to hear you, you have to be on the mountains or on the waters. Jesus was smart. And so Jesus said, can you help me get in your boat and thrust it a little so that I can speak from here so that my voice can, you know, be echoed by the water so the people, many people can hear me. So Peter said, all right, it's okay. Peter did and Jesus did. And at the end of it all, Jesus thought you wouldn't go empty. He said, cast your nets to the right side of the sea. And excuse me, don't tell me that Peter didn't have sense to have known. Because Peter was a professional fisherman. And he had others with him. That were prof- these guys were professional fishermen. Listen, they were not using Keno. The Bible says sheep. And so this, they did big business, not hook, catching fish one. Yeah, yeah, I caught it. Not that one. They used nets. This was their business. Their father was involved in it. So they have been doing it and this had made them rich. Because according to the Bible and history, they were rich folks. So you couldn't tell somebody who is into the business how to do it. And Peter said, we've been here all night. This time around, Lord didn't smile on us. We've been here all night. We caught nothing. <laughs> Jesus said, uh-uh. Cast it to the right side. Now, Peter said, but because you said it, Lord, we'll do it. Now, there was no fish there. In fact, if there were any fish, the troubling they gave that water overnight ought to have given every fish sense. <laughs> they should know that we have to go. We can't stay here. These people are troubled. They want to cut. cut. Don't you have sense? Run. You see? But you see, because... <laughs> not because Jesus sighted or he knew in his spirit by the prophetic word that fish had come here. Fishes are here now. No. But because the same thing that happened that other time is the same thing that is happening now. When Jesus spoke, his word becomes creative. Listen, not because of the anointing, but because he understands his nature. And that's what I want to talk to you about. The divine nature. I want to tell you about the divine nature. What you carry. Because it's useless. Listen, don't just crave to see visions. Don't crave to have dreams. Don't crave to have God talk to you. All those things are beautiful. Don't crave to walk into somebody and you lay hands on somebody and the anointing is flowing and you... All those things are beautiful. But what happens when you are attacked? How do you deal with the situations of life by yourself? You think God is happy when people queue up for deliverance? Say, wow, a great deliverance minister. And people are queuing up. And they are queuing up. And this one, bah, under the power, woo, manifesting. The other one say, ah, and noise everywhere. Say, ah. God in heaven, you're so powerful. You're so powerful. Listen, thank God for that. But that's the lowest kind of it. That's not God's original perfect plan. Was Jesus? Did Jesus go for deliverance? You know, even some, the way some people say it, they say it like nobody is normal until you are delivered first. I don't know where they got that from. I asked you to turn to Second Peter. I want to show you something. 
from the first verse. Now, I, I need two glass, glass cups, a bottle of water and a bottle of something dark. Okay, now, I want to use this to explain something, to help you. Now, when God made man, he made him and his spirit as pure as this. Now, let's assume this is man that was created by God back in the garden by the name Adam. Now, this man, his spirit is pure. You can see the water is clean. The spirit is pure. The man is just good because, you see, everything God makes is good. The Bible even tells us that God had to breathe into his nose the breath of life before the man became a living soul. God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. So he was just a corpse lying or standing, however God has molded it. God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Now when God did that, this one, this man, this corpse became a living being. And that living being is a total, completely good guy. He wouldn't think of evil. He didn't even know what evil was, according to the Bible. He didn't, he didn't have enough sense to even be able to know what good is, not to talk of evil. Why? Because to him there is no good. To him there is no evil. Now, if you have the opposite of something, that's when you have to know the other side of it. Do you understand? It's because there is evil now, and that's why we talk about good. If there is no evil, we don't have to talk about good. We just think that's the normal way of living. So he had a normal way of living. And that normal way of living is living like God. In fact, according to the Bible, he was made the God of this world. The God of this world. That's Adam. But then, because Satan had coveted what Adam had, then Satan coveted what Adam had. And so, one day, one day, Satan came and deceived the wife, Eve. And the Bible says Adam was not deceived. Adam chose to. Now, when Adam obeyed Satan, what Satan did was, Satan, he submitted to Satan. Adam submitted to Satan. And so Satan poured out his nature into this man. He poured out his nature. That's why we say, this man became born again. This time around, born of Satan. When he poured his nature, now, can you see he's no longer clean? And the Bible shows us that Satan is darkness. When he poured his nature into this man, the man dies. He dies. No longer alive to God. Spiritual death. And so he cannot hear God. He can't fellowship with God anymore. And because all of that cannot happen, God has to get rid of him. You have to leave this garden now before you start polluting everything. Why? Because you see, we, we control our environment, our atmosphere, knowingly or knowingly. That's why in a home where they speak a lot of negative words, they experience a lot of negativity in that home. Because everything you say, listen, words are power. They affect everything that belongs to you. Some people, when they get something that doesn't last, they start getting spoiled. They should check their tongue. Whatever you say, the kind of music you play in the air. You see some people struggle with sin in their room. Why? Because they've released so much sin into the air. Everything, the bed, the lion, everything has picked words. And so, 
this man was going to affect its atmosphere. And God had to send him out of Eden. In fact, the Bible says, with an angel, or with angels, and one of them had a sword. Oh, I don't want to talk about that today. Just to get him, don't come back here. And the man was driven with the wife. Now, this man began to give birth. Everything that came out of this man is corrupted. So he gave birth to another child. That's another sinner. Because this one now has become a sinner. The spirit is now sin. The nature of Satan. When he submitted to Satan, he fell. Satan took its place. Satan became the god of this world. So, everything that comes forth from this one has darkness. What is darkness? Death. Sin. Evil. Sickness. Diseases. Disappointment. All of those are in the realm of darkness. They, they, they are not from God. The Bible says in God there is no darkness at all. That's what the Bible says in First John. So, he had this little boy. So, this little boy is another sinner born. Now, listen. This little boy did not become a sinner because of what he did, but he became a sinner because of his father. So all the sinners you see in the world, they are not sinners because of what they did. We don't say the bunch of sinners because of what they did. That's not what God is looking at. God is looking at the nature. When God says somebody is a sinner, he's looking at the nature. You see, that's why it's wrong to call a Christian a sinner. A Christian is not a sinner. You say, what if, even if he sins? Even if he sins, He's not a sinner. He's a saint doing the wrong thing. You see that? And so he has to be corrected, adjusted. He needs to clean up. Do you understand that? The sinner is that guy with that nature. And that's how God is going to judge the world. Okay, now. So, this one gives birth the same thing. And this keeps going. Now, this is the nature that you got. I'm feeling this all over me. Just the thought of it. This is the nature that you got before you were born again. But then, oh boy, on a certain day, in a particular place, only God knows where that place was, your room, in the church, on the streets, in front of your house, in a shop, wherever it was, somebody preached the gospel to you. And then you accepted. The moment you accepted, that very moment, Something happened to your spirit. This is what happened. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. This old you, this is the dirty you, the gospel came, was completely poured out. Now, let's use this. This is Jesus of Nazareth. You met with Jesus and then Jesus poured himself into you. Now listen to this. That dirty one is gone. This is a clean one now. So now that you're born again, this is you. Oh, say hallelujah. No, don't, you just, don't you just love that? You ought to love that. Now this clean you. This is beyond just being sinless. This is the nature of Jesus that you got. Jesus poured himself. Now, you cannot have Jesus in you and not have the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus is of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, they are one. So, 
in this new you, the Holy Ghost dwells. In this new you, the nature of God. The, that very thing that made God, God, is making you now. That's who you are. This is who you are now. But you know what? If you don't discover this and act accordingly, you will still live your life and suffer like that other guy. That's the reason for teaching. You wonder why we teach in church? Is to make you realize that this is who you are. We make you see the picture of the real you. This is the real you, not that one. But you know, the devil will always, thank you very much, the devil will always want you to think like you're still that one. He will try to, no, come on, don't tell me you're born again. Why are you still feeling like you're feeling? Why do you still feel like stealing? Why do you still feel like lying? Why are you still feeling like following them girls? Why are you still feeling all these things? Why is your flesh disturbing you? Hey, we try to make you look. Look away from that. Look at your real self. Your new self. The divine nature that you now have. Oh, can we now? Let's go in the word. Thank you. Second Peter. You, I, I know some of you are there since. So, I want to show you some stuff about it. I would never, never be defeated in my life. In my entire life, I will never be defeated in the mighty name of Jesus. Nothing in this world can defeat me. Because I know who I am. Let, let's go there. 2 Peter chapter number 1. I want, to, want you to read the first verse. Everybody, read it. One to go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't know what you're reading, but I heard Simon Peter. Sounds like this. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Is that what you read? Alright, thank you. To them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God. I was showing you something about faith on Sunday. And I told you that we all have faith. He's saying here that we all obtain like precious faith. That faith is precious. We all have it. The same faith. When you were born again, you were given faith. But that faith must be grown. That's what I showed you on Sunday. Alright, let's continue. Uh-huh. To them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. See, I don't want to read this. I don't want to stay, stay here. See, this second chapter verse is very big. I would advise you to go and meditate. Look for amplified version. Sit down with it. Do you know what he's saying? Huh? I want to read it again. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Do you want grace to be multiplied unto you? Get more of God's knowledge. Get more of Jesus' knowledge. He's talking about the word of God. Then he says you want peace to be multiplied. That's why some people are not troubled. They are ruffled. Some people think they are, they are just proud. Some people are bold. Why? The knowledge of what they have. They are not troubled about situation. They are calm, irrespective of situation. You know, and when they have people around them who are always troubled, they go around and like trying to remind them because they are wondering, this one is not serious. So don't you know what's going on? Did you hear? They just called me again that something has happened. Didn't you hear? And then the guy says, and so what? Don't worry. The Lord is in charge. And you can't understand. He says, hey, hey, okay. 
maybe we should pray you know when somebody is beginning to say let's pray let's pray some of those let's pray is actually in fear peace irrespective of the situation you are at peace you are not bothered you are unruffled you are unperturbed you are just cool calm and collected do you understand you, nothing is shaking you they just gave you a news you are, you are just cool you are calm he said don't worry it will change for my good why the knowledge of our lord that you have the knowledge of jesus that's why you need the word of god listen if you have the word of god in you 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 will be like a strange dude some things that you are afraid of you will not be somebody say how am i going to help myself i, I don't want to be afraid I don't want to, I will never be afraid. I will never be afraid. I will never be afraid. And there's something bad. I will never be afraid. He said, he caught, he, he caught himself and cut it. You know why? He has said, I will never be afraid. Hit the old word, I will never be afraid. But something, reflex. Reflex. He just responded. He can't explain why he just responded to fear. So after responding, he said, ah, I'm a child of God. You know why? He doesn't have enough of the word of God. When you are loaded with the word of God, that word of God, apart from the fact that you have it as knowledge in your spirit it becomes what you read what it talks about it makes you become that thing you just see yourself acting certain way do you understand for instance if you find yourself fall down you don't shout yeah you have the word of god in you you say no heal in jesus name you know you've responded before you say ha, ha, ha. why because that's what you have in you you don't think that you can be injured and get in trouble <laughs> say hallelujah well, 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 well. i want to show you some stuff down there but some things are drawing us back on the road so let, let's just read them verse three ah saraki zakaraba show take it can you can you can you can you can you marka suzu can you just pray in tongues pray in tongues a little while uh, pray in tongues it will help you do something liga rata pray in the holy ghost come on pray in the holy ghost rev your spirits reto zozogoro branch tegoro liga maraga satahasti because of what I want to show you, Rata Zegelonda Basadiga Shataha, Le Ratagazuga Zagaha, Oh Ramadagazunzi. In Jesus' name we pray. Oh, so you can get this. I, I want to enlarge your capacity now. Verse 3 According as His divine power hath given unto us. All things that pertain unto life and godliness. He doesn't say his divine power shall give. Uh, he hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godly. That means godlikeness. Through the again, through the knowledge of him that had called us to glory and excellence. That's what virtue there is excellence. My life is the life of glory. He says he has called you to glory. What does that? What should that give you? You live your life like somebody who is functioning in the glory of God. My life is the life of beauty. Glory is beauty. It's splendor. Excellence. You know, favor. That's glory. My life is the life of glory. It's the life of glory. I live the life of glory. It's not the life of glory when you find yourself in a mess and you're trying somebody to please help me out, help me out. I find myself in this corner, in this mess. No! The life of glory dominates. He says God had called us. He had called us to the life of glory. Look at it. It's right there. I had called us to glory and virtue. Hmm. 
whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. You know what I'm thinking in my heart? I'm just thinking, Lord, help me communicate this because this is deep revelation. Now I want to communicate some things and I'm just, may the Lord help me tell you so that you will be able to receive it. Because the way some of you are looking. I want to tell you some deep things now. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. What do you have after promises? Is what? Is that not a colon? That's a colon, right? That by this ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through loss. Ah. Hey. Now listen to this. Every one of you, if you're born again, okay, every one of you has what is called the divine nature. That divine nature is the nature of God. There are no two natures in you. I've heard some people preach two natures. You have the human nature and you have the God nature. No! You have only one nature in you. It's called the divine nature. Is the very nature of God. You see, that's what it's called. That's what it means to be a child of God. To be a child of a dog means you are a dog with the nature of the dog. You, you understand? To be the child of an elephant means that you are an elephant with the nature of an elephant. To be the child of a cat means you are a cat with the nature of a cat. To be the child of God means you are a God. That's what the Bible says. Ye are gods. And all of you are children of the monster. That's what it means. It means that you are a God with the nature of Almighty God. That's why the Christians are called small gods. Because you have the nature. It's very nature. Now let me give you a, a little picture before I begin to delve into this. If God was to show up here and walk in this place. And there is COVID-19 and there is typhoid on the floor lying down. If God walks through them, will God catch those things? No. Instead of him catching them, they will die. Why? He, he will not have to do anything to kill them. His nature, it's just his nature for those things to die. Do you understand? The Bible says in him there is no darkness at all. In him is light. So he will, have, he will not struggle to kill them. He won't struggle to say, now die, die, die. No. As he walks past, they die. Why? Because of the nature he carries. That's the nature that makes him God. That very nature, that's why, you know, you can't stop singing praises to God. That's the very nature that he puts together and put inside you. The very nature that makes you function in this earth. It had always been God's dream. That's what he wanted to achieve in, in the garden. Adam messed it up. Adam messed I will show you shortly. Adam messed it up. It had always been God's dream to see others just like him on earth. Dominating, ruling. Do you understand? In charge. Living the supernatural life. Naturally. You know, we don't belong in this realm. We belong in the supernatural world. That's why God had to make you born again. So he can give you that nature in your spirit. You have to be born again. He says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. If it's not useful for us, or it's not important for us to be born again, then he will just say, I will give you laws, like he did. He gave them laws. Under the water. But that was not his dream. He gave them those laws to keep them until they receive the very plans. 
and thank God we entered into that. When Jesus, oh boy, hallelujah. All right, let me show you this now. He's dead. Huh? Whereby giving unto us exceeding great and precious promises. He's trying to say that God gave us promises. And then he says, by these promises. Now, the word exceeding great, if you study the Greek, it means most great or the greatest. He gave us the greatest and most precious promises. What are these promises? I will tell you shortly. That by these promises, through these promises, ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Through these promises, you might be partakers. Do you know what it means to become partakers of the divine nature? To partake in the divine nature? The word there, partakers, is koinonion. Koinonion. It means to become sharers of the divine nature. Participators in the divine nature. There is a big bowl of um, pap. And then they give you spoon. You say, go and partake. As they sit around, they are drinking it. You too, you are partaking. What are you doing? You are partaking in the pap. So that pap, now look at it this way, is the divine nature. He says, God, through the promises that he gave, so that you can partake in the divine nature. That promises will now be like that spoon that you need to use to partake. Are you getting it? So you need to know what are these promises. There are two of them, according to the Bible. The first one, you will find in the book of Luke. Let me show that to you. In the New Testament, the Bible talks about two promises that God gave. In the book of Luke. Partakers. Go to the last chapter, book of Luke. That's 24th chapter. Now, run down to the 40... Ninth verse. Now Jesus, after his resurrection, okay, showed up to his disciples and he is talking to them. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Act chapter number one. Now Jesus told them about this promise here. The same thing he repeated in Acts, book of Acts, chapter number one. Mm-hmm. Oh, from the fourth verse, he says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. His disciples, talking to his disciples now, but wait for the promise of the Father, which said, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So he's talking, what's the promise there? The Holy Spirit. That was the promise. It was a promise. It was a promise that the Father promised us. Then in Acts chapter number 2, the Holy Ghost came. And then everybody received that promise. So the number one promise of the Father, that's why I called him exceeding great and precious promise. That's why we say precious Holy Spirit. You see, that's the first promise. God promised us and then he gave us the Holy Ghost. Without the Holy Ghost, you cannot partake in the divine nature. It's the Holy Ghost that makes you one with God. That's why every child of God has the Holy Ghost. When you were born again, the Bible says we were born of the Holy Ghost. That's number one thing. Then, number two, when you receive Christ, the Holy Ghost came and dwells in you. The Bible says you cannot even be called a child of God without this Holy Spirit. That's what makes you one with God. The Holy Ghost. 
Now that you are one with God, you can partake in the divine nature. Then he says something else. The second one. Now I want to show you. Titus. Book of Titus. The second promise. Titus chapter number one. The second verse. <laughs> In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. So the second promise was eternal life. God wanted to produce himself in men. He said, I've got to give them my life. Eternal life is the second promise. So there are these two great promises. The Holy Spirit makes you one with God. Eternal life makes you have the life of God. The very life of God. Now, did you catch that picture? Now, let's now go back to that second Peter that we're reading. At least you've gotten the promises now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ha, ha, ha. Libarata Soto. Second Peter chapter number one again. He says, uh, whereby, verse 4, whereby given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these promises ye might be partakers. By these promises ye might be participators. By these promises ye might be sharers of the divine nature. That means we are sharing the divine nature with God. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Having escaped. Oh! Glory to God. Oh. Say hallelujah. Listen. What makes you is revelation. The Lord will help you catch it. Look at what you just read. It is something that you should shout about. These are some of the things you read in your, in your room by yourself. And you just... Have you read scripture and you're meditating and your whole body is vibrating? Hey! Because what you are seeing, you, you, you're like, you don't even know what to do, whether to tear your clothes or to... Sometimes you want to run, you want to... Ah! Because of what you're seeing! And when somebody is there, just wondering, what, what, what's the matter? What, the same Bible! Let me tell you what he's saying. He says, look at it again. Verse 4. Because some of you are wondering what's so big about it. You'll see it soon. He says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these promises, through these promises, ye might be partakers. Now listen, might is the past tense of may. So he's not talking about future. No, no, no. He says, by these promises, you might be. So he's talking about in the past. The reason he gave those promises is so that you could be. And now that he has given the promises, you have become. Do you get it? Become what? Partakers of the divine nature. Now the word divine there, Greek, theos. The better way to put it is Godhead. That word divine is Godhead or God himself. Nature, the word nature there is phusis. Although spelled physis, but pronounced physis, Greek. It means kind. Like you say, mankind. So he's saying, put that together. Divine nature, theos, physis. It means God kind. You see, that, that's why it's good to look at the Greek sometimes to really understand what he's saying. He says, through these promises, you might become partakers, sharers in the God kind. Don't you understand? The God kind. That, that, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, glory to God. Ah, 
let me do a little bit of shouting so I can hit myself. <laughs> it says divine nature, God kind. <laughs> then let's be done. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, hold on. Now that sentence. Let me explain it to you. It says, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. He's not saying you have escaped the corruption through lust. That's not what he's saying. He's trying to say that you have escaped the corruption that is in the world. Now, that corruption came in through lust. That's what he's trying to tell you. Having escaped the corruption, what's corruption? The Greek word for corruption there simply means decay. He's not talking about corruption as in they embezzled money in the government. These are countries corrupt. Oh, corrupt girls. Yeah, you're saying nonsense things. No, that's not what that means. The word corruption there means decay. He's talking about the other synonym for decay. Even in the English dictionary, you understand that corruption means decomposition, can also mean decomposition, disintegration. You understand? So that word there, he says, having escaped. You have escaped. What does it mean to escape? To be made free. He said, having escaped the decay that is going on in the world. The decomposition that is happening in the world. This disintegration that is happening in the world. Don't you understand? Something is happening in the world right now. It's called decay. That's the reason why your food gets spoiled. That's the reason why you leave your home. You travel. Before you're back, some things already getting damaged you say you have um, your shoes packed somewhere you go for months before you're back and then you're back this is your leather shoe they're beginning to peel because of what is happening there is there is a lot of death do you understand there's a lot of death that is working in the world bringing about decay decomposition disintegration everything has to break down do you understand everything just has to break down and that's why people die that's why people age because they have to decay. There is a law that is working. How did the law get in? I just told you. Adam invited the law. The Bible says when sin came, death came with it. When Adam invited that law into this world by submitting to Satan, Satan is the God of this world, became the God of this world, and he had to rule with what he has. Now, a God we only rule with his, his estate, his, uh, you know what I'm talking about, what he has, his property, um, his authority, his rulership. What if a, a, a God has good things? That's what he will rule with. For instance, if you are in the kingdom of God, he will help you with prosperity because that's what he has. Blessings, successes, because that's what he has. But for Satan, what he has is death, sickness, pain, sorrow. So that's what he rules with. So the moment he became the God of this world, everything changed. And so, when sin came in through Adam, death came in also. You find this in Romans. The book of Romans shows us that when sin came in, sin opened the door for death to come in. And when death came in, everything started dying. You think that rice that you cooked, and then the following day you found out that it's, it's spot because you know you left it overnight you thought it died that day it started dying the moment you cook it it's death started the newborn baby that was born the moment the baby reaches this world it starts dying right there from the womb to the tomb is headed for the tomb why 
because of what is working in the world is death he's called the lord of death he's working on everything acting on everything that's what the bible shows but then god did something super and that's what i'm showing you such that this lord of death does not have to lord it over you we are not of this world let me show that to you you see because you see you wonder you see your mom, mom, mommy's picture grandma's picture and grandma was young you know she was looking so beautiful say how what age is that? i was 18 years old and then she said, oh 25 years old and in that picture she was looking so cool but then you turn away from that picture to look at her now she looks almost like a monster what happened her cheeks the wrinkles you check down here our neck they are beginning to you are beginning to have well there you understand what i'm saying everything has changed you look at that one there you look at this one here what happened the lord of death she had to go that way she's beginning to disintegrate do you understand she's beginning to decay you you can't see it like naturally you are pulling it out of her no but she's already heading for the tomb because everything has to go down everything has to because of that law that is working is this god's plan no no before adam fell he looked just the same way he was when he was created for how long he lived he was just the same it was not god's plan for anybody to disintegrate listen it's god's plan for you to grow but not to disintegrate in the kingdom of god god's perfect plan is that we grow but we don't age there are two different things are you getting what i'm saying but because of that law acting on everything acting on everything that is what this that's why i'm shouting because you you didn't really get it when i was reading i escaped so what is he talking about so now with this knowledge i just revealed to you let's look in now he says having escaped he's talking about us he says we have escaped pastors escaped the disintegration decay that is working in the world that decay came in through lust who's lost adam's lost you see they lost it after the fruit that's how that thing came in the lord of death came in started working romans chapter number eight Oh Maraka Listen, rapture is very near. And before rapture, we will dominate this world. I'm telling you. People will come up in knowledge. Are you, are you sure you can do what I'm giving you? This strong meat. It's for those who are full grown. You understand? The Bible talks about strong meat. You know, there are some meats that you give some people. The moment it reaches their mouth, they don't even have to chew it. It start dissolving. Um, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> but there are some other ones. When they reach it, they have to draw it. That one is for mature. You understand? Uh-huh. When the child is playing with the meat around, he can't cut it. Daddy, daddy say, bring it. Bring it. And then you handle the meat. Mm. Some people enjoy that. That's what I'm showing you. But some people, it's too hard for them. Say, no, 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 no. Don't teach us this kind of things. I just want something gentle. Ah! This is what at work. Look at it. Romans chapter number 8. 
Verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. I'm so glad I'm in Christ Jesus. Ah! Sometimes I just look, I just wonder, who would I have been if not for Jesus? I'll be somewhere dancing reggae. What would I have been doing? Thank God for Jesus. Thank God. Well, he says there is no condemnation. Don't let anybody condemn you. There is no condemnation. To them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirits. I do not walk after the flesh, but I walk after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life. Now begin to pay attention. For the law of the spirit of life. That's one law. In Christ Jesus. Hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Did you get it? That's what is called the law of sin and death. It's one law. Law of sin and death. Because it's sin that brings about death. The Bible says lost. When it is conceived. Gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is finished. Produces death. So, the law of sin and death is the law that I've been telling you about that is working in everything that's making it die, that's making everything go down. Anything that comes will, must go back to dust. Everything. But then, the Bible says the law of the spirit of life. What does that mean? It's talking about the law of life. What life is this? It's the way, the God life. He says the law of life hath made me death free. Do you understand? Hath made me free. From the law of sin and death that is working. Why is it not working? Knowledge. Knowledge. How come you have this inside you? And then you still experience some things in your life. Because number one, you need the knowledge. Number two, you have to learn how to use it for your advantage. Brothers and sisters, because you have a good laptop, does not mean that you, can, you will use it to your advantage. It doesn't mean that you will get the best out of it. Somebody has to teach you about it. You can have a good laptop and then you don't know what is happening in the world. Number one, somebody comes and says, you have a laptop. There is even a trouble where you say, I don't, I don't know. Ah! The person says, this is what is called a laptop. Brings it out from inside your drawer. Say, eh, you mean that thing has been there? It has been there. It's yours. Brings it out. How does this work? The fellow starts teaching you. It works this way. It works this way. And then you are fascinated. Ah! You mean I have this all the time in my drawer? He said, yes, you do. Teach me how it works. Then he teaches you how it works. Then you begin to enjoy the benefits. Then you don't go out again. You're always indoors. Your friends come around and say, why are you always doing this? They say, I'm enjoying myself with my laptop. You know, there are things to do now. There are things to search for now. Knowledge to search for now. You're enjoying yourself. You're playing music with this laptop. Receiving the word of God through this laptop. You know, you're, you're being blessed because you have a laptop. Somebody showed it to you. And somebody showed you how to use it. That's what I'm showing you. I'm trying to show you what you have inside you. You see that? Showing you what you have inside you. Because if you don't know it, you cannot take advantage of it. You can't. You can't. You have to buy yourself. You tell yourself, for instance, something is trying to attack your body. Because of the knowledge, the revelation, you tell your body, you say, comply. In the name of Jesus. I am not of this world. Excuse me. Do you know why some pastors have problems with some pastors during this COVID-19? Some pastors don't think that 
why the problem is on they should have church because they think people will be infected in church some others say no they can come to church but we will space out they will have to put on their mask we will space them out uh, one meter or how many meter away they sit down some others said ah ah a thousand times no when they come in here no covid 19 can reach them now this is all based on knowledge those ones who think that when you come in and you sit together you are endangering the people's life is because they don't understand this simple thing how can how can how can you come to the house of god do you know who jesus is how, how dare you what an insult how can you come to the house of god when we say the presence of god is in this place is, is that, that we are lying about it or that god is does not exist well you're coming in so the presence of god is in this place lift your hands and worship the lord and in the presence of god they catch covid 19. do you see why some are contradictory and some have supported the person those other ones are not reasonable it's because of tithes they ask the people to come the other one says no they can't shut down the churches the other one said let them shut down for now for now you see because of knowledge some of them don't understand what they are preaching they don't know who jesus is we are not of this world that's why you need to teach your people so that you will not be afraid because what will make you have it is fear so the first thing you do is you disarm fear destroy fear from your life if you can destroy fear boldness arises in your spirit nothing can stand you successfully if you are a true follower of jesus if you are a true follower you claim that jesus is your lord and you are a true follower of jesus then you should never be afraid of anything because that jesus that you are following is not afraid of anything go and study about him except if you have your own jesus you know when you're, you're teaching like this some people think you're just trying to psych you're trying to be a motivational speaker oh no we are telling you the word of god with, without diluting it if you with the divine nature you are also afraid of the very thing that that other fellow who has no divine nature is not born again and you claim to be better than that guy and you are afraid of the same thing then who are you are you really sure you're born again do you know what it means to be born again to be born again means to be born of god almighty with his nature inside of you that's what it means so if you have that nature then what can destroy you tell me you see even you you are your own problem before you go out you're already afraid ahead of time your kind of prayer is a prayer of fear father as we are going now don't, don't let them be evil don't let there be accidents uh, lord please just protect us now going out and now coming in amen the matter of a high or can i hit somebody the leg remove lord we don't want it stupid kind of prayer you see in your prayer your fears have been revealed you practice religion all the time you don't really believe what you said you believe and you are expecting no evil to happen you are lying that's why you can attract some things to yourself some terrible things bad day again you are back home bad day you attracted it because you didn't act in faith glory to god let's run this off 
Lord the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the Lord of sin and death. I would never die like a candle. Never. 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 You know, there were those before all this revelation came. They said, the Bible said, when you are 70, after you are 70, you cannot check out of this place. So they say, we will live up to 70. If I'm not 70, I'm not dying. And the church rejoiced about it. Somebody finally came to give us revelation. That means age 50, you will not die. That means age 60, you will not die. Until you are 70. At least 70 plus. Then, some other people discovered something more. They said it's 120. Didn't you read it? The Bible says it's 120. Ah! So they started rejoicing about that. If I'm not 120, I'm not checking out of this place. They said at least 120 here. At least 120. Brothers and sisters, some of us came on the scene and said, Ah! Ah! Hello? Are you hearing me? Are you still in this place? The second Peter I showed you, go back there. Because what I'm saying now is in second Peter. Let, let me show you. Let, let me show that to you. You know, I'm not moving. Rapture, we have to yank me out of this place. Do you understand? And, and thank God that rapture is closed anyway. Glory to God. <laughs> Woo! Yeah! Glory, glory, glory. Because what I just said is there. I want to show it to you clearly so that you can see it. The last line. I will read into the last line. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by this ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption. Having escaped the decay. The disintegration. You understand? That, that is in the world. Through loss. That decay that came. He says you have escaped it. What is sickness? Sickness is incipient death. Meaning, sickness is the beginning of death. You have to get that. When you have sickness, is death at the early stage. That's why some people don't believe that they will not die. Because they say, ah, if there is not going to be sickness, how are we all going to die? Because they've been taught that we ought to die. We must die. It has to be. Everybody must die. But the Bible has proved it several times that they are wrong. Because there are men in the Bible that didn't die, yet they went to heaven. And God is no respecter of persons. If you desire, you can go the way they go too. How did Enoch go? Was Enoch born again? No. The Bible shows us Enoch walked with God and was taken. You can desire to be taken too. Must you die to go? A man of God was telling us about a particular friend of his who was taken alive in this world, in this present generation. Was telling us the guy walked with God and was taken. Is God a respecter of person? They said they just started looking for the guy. They couldn't find the guy. But by the spirit, those who were spiritual knew that the guy had been taken. This was a guy, they, they, oh, talk, talking about that guy, walked with God, full of love, full of fellowship with the spirit of God. And one day he was just taken out of here. Elijah was taken out of here. Didn't see that? 
And God says in his word that he is no respecter of persons. What he did for one person, he can do for another one. If you have the faith, you can decide to check out of here without seeing death. But if you also like, you can decide to die. It's not a sin. I'm just trying to let you know that you don't have to let somebody sell something to you because they believe it. General belief does not mean that's absolute truth. If you begin to decay now, you are, of course you are going to say, okay, so if, if we don't age, how are we going to grow? I just told you, you can grow without aging. In fact, let me give you what I believe. This one, from the scriptures. You can choose to have it and you can choose to throw it away. But I believe absolutely that if you hold on to this, at the age of 33 plus, you should stop aging. That's what I believe. See, how did you come about that? I want to tell you how I came about that. Because Jesus, because Jesus was 33 plus when he checked out of here. And when you see Jesus now as we speak, Jesus is still looking the same way he looked when he left here. I'm talking about if God opens your eyes to see Jesus in the realm of the Spirit. He said, no! But that's Jesus. But what does the Bible say in 1 John chapter number 4? Go there. Chapter number 17. At least if that's Jesus. Now listen, I'm not saying you should believe it. I'm only telling you what I believe. <laughs> ah. Woo! <laughs> the smart ones will take a hold of it. After all, does it hurt? Does it hurt to believe it? It doesn't hurt. <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh. First John chapter. Did I say first John? Okay, first John chapter number four. Verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Do you know that some people will not be bold in the day of judgment? They will not be bold. The moment they want to judge them, they, they begin to change. Uh, Lord, I, I have some things to say. Uh-uh. He says, no, 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 no. no. He says, for us, in the day of judgment, we will have boldness. We will be bold. When they say, Victor Peters, be bold. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why? Because we do some working. We did some working with God. Make sure you have boldness in the day of judgment. Glory to God. And is the way you live your life here that determines that. All right, let's continue. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we going to be in heaven? Is that what is there? Hello, is that what is there? No. Somebody said, no, 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 no. I won't believe that. Oh, that's your business. Then leave me alone. You won't believe that. Don't believe it. If you say you don't believe one part of the Bible, what happens to the others? Listen, I can give you tens of scriptures about what I'm saying. It's because that's not what I'm teaching today. That's why I just I'm touching it briefly. Tens of scripture. For me to have believed something and come out to preach it, it means that I've searched. You think I just came up because I just just one newfound revelation. I just discovered it in the corner of my room. Then I said, ah, I'll go and teach my people. You think so? Ask the pastors that have been for, with me at least for about five years. I've been teaching them this thing from the beginning. I didn't just discover it. It's not something I just discovered. It's something I searched. It's a revelation that God granted me. And you know the beautiful thing? I'm not the only one that has this revelation. I'm amazed to hear a few other men of God in this world preach the same thing. The first time I heard a man of God from somewhere in Singapore preaching this. I was in front of my TV. I shouted. I thought I was the only one that knew it. I was just running by myself. I said, ah, somebody else knew it. Glory to God. I was, I was so excited. Ah, what a day it was for me. 
And you know what that did? It gave me more boldness to preach it. Why? Because we are in the last days. The Bible says in the last days, knowledge shall be increased. Knowledge shall be increased. Of course, in the last days, there will be heresies preached. But we are not preaching heresies. We are preaching the revelation of God's word. How do you know what is heresy? Heresy is anything that points away from God. This is not pointing away from This is pointing to you the power of God and his greatness. That's which points to you that God is really greater than what you think. That's not heresy. That's God. That's revelation of God's word in another dimension. Everything I've been telling you now, what's he pointing you to? He's pointing to you that there's something deeper in God than what you thought or what you knew. Hello. Because I heard that there's a great man of God who came up and said, Hello. He was trying to preach along this line. So he tried to be careful. He said, Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Hold on, everybody. I'm not saying that everybody will not die. Now say after me. Say, I will die. Everybody says, I will die. Say after me. Say, everybody will die. Everybody will die. <laughs> Why? Because he was on TV. So he was trying to be careful. He didn't want people to criticize him watching and say, Ah, that pastor said nobody will die. Uh oh. Who cares about what anybody thinks? We look in the word of God. As we are preaching now, we are preaching rapture. Some people don't believe it. It's sounding stupid to them. There are those who don't believe it. The same way they are saying what we are saying now is heresy. It's the same way they will say that one too is heresy. Say rapture. Rap what? No, there is no rapture. Everybody will die. Everybody will die and God will judge. Because the Bible says, hey, he's unto, appointed unto man to die once. After that judgment. You see, nonsense. They are using the scripture of Jesus to talk. He's appointed unto what did the Bible say there? Jesus died once after that judgment. Well, I, I don't want to talk about that today. Glory to God. Did I ask you to turn somewhere? Alright now. Let's read that part again. Verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Do you know that Jesus has been glorified? And we have been glorified together with him. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says we are seated together. Christ far above. I want to say it again. The Bible says we are seated together. Do, do you know what it means to be seated? It means that we are sharing. It means that we are sharing his seat with him. Seated together. Far above. All principalities and powers. Far above. Do you know what it means to be seated with Christ? If you with the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm telling you now so that you can stop it. If you with the Holy Ghost. Have to be trapped on your bed. Because of sickness. You. with the, Do you really have the Holy Ghost say yes I do. He's inside you. Ah, ah, do I know. How do you know. Ah. I speak with tongues. Speak it, speak it. Let's hear you. Ah, you have the Holy Ghost. I have the Holy Ghost. But what's going on? On your bed. If the Lord open your eyes, you see that tiny demon. He's just a tiny demon. He's jumping around with a fork. And you know, just a tiny demon. Because you can't see it. Blood of Jesus, 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 blood of Jesus. You give me the, give me the phone, give me the phone, give me the phone. Hello, I don't know what has been happening. Do you know what they used to? A demon, little tiny demon. The Bible says you are seated together with Christ, far above, far. 
rub off. And that little thing just hit their hammer on your head. Bang! Power! They say, oh, uh, uh, I need paracetamol. You with the Holy Ghost. Is that God does not exist? Or God is a liar? Or you don't really have the Holy Ghost, you are just saying you have it. Or there is nothing like the Holy Ghost at all. Because if God exists and his power exists, why should the power of darkness lord it over you? The Bible says in the days of ignorance, God winked at, he overlooked. But now commands all men to repent. You know what that means? When you were still ignorant of this truth, the devil could jump on you. Yakity, yak, yakity, yak on you. But when you came to knowledge, like Paul said, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I acted like a child. He said, but when I grew up, I put away childish things. When you have received this knowledge, now you need to put away childish things. Start out with the little faith you have. When you begin to notice anything, you say, no, 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 devil, no, 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 a thousand times no. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You cannot lord it over me. I'm a partaker of God's divine nature. In the mighty name of Jesus, I will never be subject to sickness. In the seven years of my marriage, it's going to be seven years now that we'll be married, my wife and I, only one time at the beginning of the marriage was I on bed and my wife had to sit beside me because she was pregnant with her first child. And she had had malaria again and again because they say malaria in pregnancy, you understand? And I was taking care of her. Slept in the same room with her. So maybe the same mosquito that beat her beat me. And so I had the thing too. And while I was on bed, it must have been a shocker for her. Because all the time I was there, this scripture I'm preaching now is what I was saying, whereby I given unto us. Exceed, he said, what do I give you? I said, whereby I given unto us. <laughs> Exceeding great and price. I said, I will be okay. Don't worry, I'll be okay. <coughs> when she was sitting beside me, so I said, don't worry, I'll be okay. Listen, that's how to act your faith. The thing shook me. You know when something shakes you? It shook me. But in all of it, I was confessing the word of God. It was close to our, to, for our delivery and some things came up. And she had to be at the hospital. And I had to do the running around. She was surprised when I showed up at the hospital. She said, ah, baby, how far? I said, I told you I will be okay. Now, she didn't know what transpired between that time and now. She was talking. Whereby given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. That by this, ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through loss. I've escaped the corruption that is in the world. In the name of Jesus. I'm a partaker of God's divine nature. Sickness will not lord it over me. Malaria, I reject you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now, before the thing got worse, there are some parts of it that she didn't know, that I didn't tell her. It started earlier than she discovered but at midnight i will sneak from the room i'll go to the sitting room greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world i refuse to be sick she didn't know why i stood up she thought i was going to pray i was going to confess i said no 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 this thing you will not put me down i'm a partaker of god's divine nature now listen these are the things that strengthen your faith they strengthen your faith what you know put it to work Work it, work it. 
your faith will be strengthened. When you pass that level, you move to another level. That is promotion, brother. Then you've mastered one level. You see, there are some levels, some things that I have mastered that I can't go back there again. You understand? Because there was one time that I, I used my faith to conquer them. Then I moved from that one. I'm not bothered anymore. I've moved to another level. Now I'm using my faith for something higher. But you have to start out somewhere. Don't be quick. Don't quick, quickly run to drugs. Then do something. Something hit your leg. The next thing is your children. No. Put your hand there and tell it to heal in the name of Jesus. Now I'm beginning to reveal to you how to use that divine nature. How to make it work in your life. You believe it. You're conscious of it. And then you act that way. Because what you believe, if you truly believe it, you will act it out. You will act it out. I'm a partaker of God's divine nature. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I cannot accommodate sickness. Once you come in in that environment, they begin to tell you it's time. It's time. That thing has started flying again in the air. So they say it's time. So please prevent yourself. Uh, this environment, the way things are, things fly at this time. Uh, it's winter period. So and so happens. Uh, it's rainy season. This happens. It's rainy season. Who are you? You are a partaker of the divine nature. You have escaped the corruption, the decay that is working, the death. The Lord of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free, free, free from the Lord of sin and death that is working in the world. So in the name of Jesus, I reject everything that is of death. I reject it. Sickness is of death. Diseases of death. I reject it in the name of Jesus. I refuse to have coronavirus. Corona what? I refuse to have it. The name of Jesus. I'm not of this world. I'm not of this world. Say, I'm not of this world. Say it again. <laughs> Say it again. Listen, this is not for your head. It's for your spirit. So you see those scriptures I gave you? Go back and meditate on them. Look, there are many scriptures in the Bible. Look and meditate. Just sit down and meditate. If I have to live like an ordinary man, then is Christ really on the inside? Christ in you is the hope of glory. Is Christ really inside me? Or should I be deceiving myself? Is Christ in my body? The new nature I have. Now, if they touch you, your body is warm. Your hand is warm. Maybe. What is making it warm? Life. What life is that one? Is it the human life that you got from your parents or the one you got from God? The one you got from your parents was completely supplanted by the one you got from God. That means was replaced by the one you got from God. That nature, what is making your body to warm now is the nature of God that you have. The life of God. Not the life of an animal. Not the life of a human being. The life of God. That's what you have. And if you believe it, it's good for you. If you don't believe it, you will live like of course you live like ordinary human beings. Are we not human beings? We are all human beings now. And why should we be deceiving ourselves? Ah, you, call, you use that thing to cut me. Ah, you now say I will not bleed. I will bleed now. Am I not human being? Yes. But if you are smart enough to move from another realm, as you are bleeding, say stop! In the name of Jesus. Because that thing, that thing, if you don't talk to it, listen, why you say stop in the name of Jesus and the thing is still bleeding, don't worry. Your words have gone into the realm of the spirit to do something for you. Because sometimes if you don't talk like that, that thing may increase. That's the plan of the devil. That thing may increase. That's why some people have said tetanus entered their leg. It was something little yesterday, but now it has become big. 
They didn't talk to it. They took it for granted. That thing, that little thing may take you to the hospital. You see that? That's why you must talk to it. Use your authority. Talk to it. Go! In the name of Jesus. The first thing my wife knew me with when we first got married is the way she hears me shout. Healed! Whether I'm in the bathroom, she didn't know what I've seen. Maybe I just saw someone scratches and I can feel pain. Healed in Jesus' name. So sometimes she wonder, what is that? That's the first thing. So sometimes she laughed about it. Say, heal! She sounded like that because that's the way I act. I, the first response, reflexes, you understand? Heal! I don't, no time for pain. There is no time to now start to say, ah, let me rub it, let me rub it. You, 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 <laughs> you can never ask her. She had never had to say, please bring rub. Just let me preaching today was tough. Let me rub it. What? Heal in Jesus' mighty name. Woo! The name of Jesus. And I just keep going. Now listen, as you're doing it, maybe you are still limping. Forget it. Look away from it. Just keep walking. You have said heal and it has heard you. Say hallelujah. Yeah. Oh, are you going to use what you have? Without standing up where you are. Blasting the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray it very important. Pray and pray hard. Saga Liga Marata Zozo Pradesto Brande. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Pray, 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 pray. Come on. This message was produced by Supernatural Kingdom Church. To get more of our messages, call 0806-0087-643 or 0816-0114-389. Thank you and God bless you.